0: Joining us today is Art Eddie. Yes, Art Eddie, host of the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Art Show is personally rated in my top three of Dad Cast podcasts. Art is a man who said there's only one time that pineapple is on pizza. Outside of that, it's a hard no. Maybe you'll hear why about it in the show today. Art has hosted hundreds of A-list fathers throughout the pop culture, sports, and business landscape on his various podcasts over the years. To Art, being a father means everything, and we are so excited to have him on the podcast today. Welcome into Season 3 of the Young Dad Podcast. Presented by Ball Boy Media. Young Dad Podcast is hosted by the Young Brothers, Jay and Aaron. And so you know it's about that time to pull up a chair, don't forget your juice box, don't forget your snack, and come and talk with us. We are just about to jump in here, but real quick, I had to make a special announcement. Cue the trumpets. A baseball game with dad by yours truly, Jay Young, is available on Amazon for all to purchase, for all to read, to all to get. I would love if you supported us in that way, supported me personally in that way. This is a personal invitation for you to go and purchase the book. It's only $10. I'm making pennies off of this it's not about the money it's just about to showcase how amazing it is to go to a baseball game with your dad to spend time with our kids in that way the book is from a child's perspective and how much fun it is how cool it is and just how enjoyable it is to spend time with our dads so please go support the podcast support the show support me in that way get it for yourself for a friend for a dad that you love today Welcome in to this week's episode of the Young Dad Podcast. I'm Jay. Not with us today because he's working a big boy job is Aaron, but joining me today is one of my top three fellow dad casters, fatherhood, po- fatherhood podcasters, Art Eddie from the Art of Fatherhood. Art, how are you today?
1: Doing really well, Jay. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate the compliment.
0: Hey, man, if anyone, if any of my listeners haven't listened to your show, The Art of Fatherhood, they definitely need to. It's, it's awesome. I love it. You Thanks, have man. guys from major, you guys have all the coolest people on your, on your show. AJ Pruszynski, that one was yeah. dope. And <laughs> it's like some of the people you talk to, I'm just like, I know this name because like media or like from somewhere, but like hearing them talk about being a dad and just like being human, it's it's kind of mind blowing because like I never have thought of them in that way,
1: you know, no doubt, man. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. And uh, I got to say, congrats to you on your book, man. You recently dropped a baseball book, right?
0: I did. I recently dropped a book called a baseball game with dad um, by yours truly. It's my debut children's book. I'm super excited about it. It's a lot of fun. It's gotten some awesome feedback. It's actually inspired by the Tri-Cities Dust Devils, uh, minor league affiliate of the LA Angels because we, that's my local team, yeah. where I live, and been going to those games for the last two years, a lot with my kids, and I have a media pass, and I'm a media member, I do beat writing for them and stuff, and so it was a lot of inspiration uh, through that book to just kind of come to, like, what what's something cool that I enjoy doing with my kids, and kind of the point, even my, my five-year-old, she connected the dots, she's like, we do that we go to these baseball games that's what our (laughs) baseball games look like and I'm like you get it you get it and it was really cool a friend of mine posted that I hadn't talked to probably in like eight to ten years and she posted and like she bought it she was so excited because her husband just took um their kid to their first A's game um within the last week of me publishing the book and getting it out there. So just like that really cool connection, just how like baseball brings so many people together. It's like one of the coolest things about baseball. And I was like, that's the whole point. Like this is, this is why I wrote it. So.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. You gotta love a book that like means something to you. And, you know, obviously like you said, baseball, America's pastime, you get together. And I have to say, man, and I, I moved around a lot as a kid, went to baseball, um, you know, major league baseball parks and all that love seeing them, but also, Minor league baseball games are where it's at when you take the kids, especially the little ones. And now we live, uh, my family and I live in North Carolina, and like you got the Durham Bulls, you got the Mudcats, oh. you got a bunch of other ones. And like, I gotta say, like, <laughs> this is such a dad comment. I was talking to this one gentleman I speak to at the grocery store, he works in the pros department, and we we're talking about like what we we're doing our father's day last week. he's was like, hey, I'm taking my kids to the Durham Bulls game. I'm like, dude. It's great because obviously they got the, you know, the fried food, but they also have like at the Durham bowls, like you have like, you get your kids fresh fruit (laughs) and as stupid as that sounds, you don't want to like inundate them with fries, fries, like all this fried stuff. Just for me, I'm like, that's like one of my point of selling to other families out there. Like they got fresh fruit.
0: (laughs) I love that. I love that. No, it's super cool. And that's where you are over in North Carolina. Like that whole area is polluted with minor league baseball teams. It's the best. Yeah. Like that whole area within you, you probably have a solid handful within like a couple hours of you.
1: Yep. My daughter right. at the Mudcats game uh, right before their school was getting out. She uh, is in middle school and she's in band. She plays the saxophone. Her and some other people in the county, a bunch of middle schools, uh, went out there and played the national anthem. So that was pretty cool. I was like, that's a sweet moment right there. So that's that pretty cool. Fun. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Art, a little bit more about you here. You and your wife, Jess, you guys are blessed with two daughters. You have a passion for fatherhood, and you enjoy talking with other dads about their fatherhood journeys. Art, you've created a few podcasts to focus on fatherhood, most notably, of course, the art of fatherhood. You've been responsible for securing over 500 guests on a variety of platforms, including hundreds of A-list fathers throughout pop culture, sports, business landscape. In addition to all that, you've also co-authored the book, The Life of Dad. You've also been a featured writer, podcast host, and producer. You've hosted Facebook Live shows on many platforms. You have a background in radio and journalism. You've also worked in radio in places like New York, New Jersey, and New Hampshire. So you've lived a heck of a a resume so far. I mean, that's just inspiring to someone like me because this is like A-list people, sports, pop culture, we mentioned some of the people that you've had on, but what what led you down this path to to where you are now, with the art of fatherhood, the show and kinda of getting getting here today.
1: Yeah, man. Um again, thanks for having me on. I love like you said, like in the the bio where I love talking to dads about fatherhood. Love learning about like, you know, your fatherhood journey and all that good stuff here, just kind of chatting. But um, I was in radio, right? And so we all know like radio, like when I was growing up, I'm like like I'm 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 in my 40s, like I'm 44 and like growing up like high school, you'd like listen to radio, try and win tickets, try and win prizes and all that other stuff. And I always wanted to get into TV or radio. And so uh finally got into radio and then we started having a family, but we didn't want to do the daycare route. We wanted one of us to stay home and my wife was in a more... Secure job in the secure industry. So I was like, all right, once we had our second daughter, I'm like, I'm going to become the stay at home dad. And so I became the stay at home dad. Once I kind of got my routine down, handling, you know, two daughters and all that good stuff, I'm like, I need to do something with my creative outlet. What can I do? So I started writing uh, for a couple of sites like Bleacher Report and Yahoo, started doing podcasts. And uh, one of the two of the guys I used to work in uh, radio with in New Jersey, we created a podcast called the masters of none like 13 14 years ago we're still doing it and uh, we have fun but then like i wanted to do a fatherhood one and so a company that's in the fatherhood industry they're like hey we'd love to you know have you started our fatherhood podcast i did that for a while ran the site uh, i was like one of the co-owners and then in 2019 kind of want to do my own thing we were kind of like it was almost like the beatles like we kind of knew like it was time to kind of go our separate ways, right? All six of us, it sucked, but like, we kind of knew like, all right, this is where we need to go. And so other people kind of went back into their, you know, like you said, the big boy careers and all that other stuff. And I still have a passion for fatherhood. I I feel like you probably get this too, man. You like with uh, everything that you do with fatherhood, it makes you feel, it makes you a better father in the sense of like, you're listening to more dads, you're listening to different stories. And you're like, Oh man, I've been there. Like, yeah, sometimes I didn't, you know, treat my kid the way that, you know, I treated, the, you know, my kid the same way that, you know, my guest did, and they didn't really like it. And I'm like, all right, so it makes you reflect 24 uh, seven on fatherhood. So I just feel like it makes me a better dad. Um, I, I love hearing a lot of people's journeys. And like, you know, like the, you know, they always say cliches are there for a reason, because they're true. You don't know what a person's journey is until you talk to them and like, listen about what they did. And one of my favorite Things talking to dads is if they break the cycle of growing up in a fatherless home, they became a dad. And it's really easy to say, like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to be that way, but nature versus nurture, or whatever. But when you talk to dads, like, I didn't want to not be there for my kids. Like, my dad wasn't there for me, or I didn't want to live, live in a household where there was no love. So when you see guys and moms, I've interviewed moms too, but when you see them break the cycle, to me, like, that is awesome. And the other thing that I love is when dads say like the best thing that i can do as a dad is they once they get out of the nest they still want to come back and hang out for a bit (laughs) so like they have a good relationship after their kids get out of the house so those are the two things i really appreciate when i hear from dads like they want to make sure that they their kids want to hang out with them (laughs) once they get older and two it's like if they didn't grow up in a household full of love they changed that and made sure they did that so that's my passion i just love bringing you know I always joke too, like Homer Simpson gets a bad rap and sometimes we look at like, Oh, Homer Simpson is the dumb dad who like fuddles his way through things. And all at the, at the end, it kind of works out, but like, we're not bad dads. Like we know what's going on. And I think no matter whether you're a mom or a dad, once you get a routine down, you got this parenting thing, not like a hundred percent lockdown because kids are always throwing different surprises at you. But I feel like dads need to like be shown that like we're good we're good caregivers. Maybe not the exact same way as moms. I get that, right? We're not birthing kids, but there's mm-hmm. different ways that dads can handle parenthood. And I think we can do it really well.
0: 100%. 100%. I think that's so important. I mean, I feel like that's something we're always working toward as dads. We're always wanting to raise our kids in a way that we weren't raised or give them stuff that we that we didn't have growing up, whether that's love or material things or both or whatever the case may be. But ultimately we are working toward that goal of wanting them to come back and hang out with us someday when we're older and when they're adults. And then when we're in our, you know, whatever age we're at, I had my kids young. I had my first kid when I was in my early twenties. So when I'm in my late mid to late forties, like I definitely want my kids to come back around and hang out and kick it and stuff like I do with my dad now, you know? Yeah. And you know, that's the goal and breaking that cycle is so important. Like Aaron and I both weren't raised by our biological parents. Uh we were both raised by our he was raised by his fraternal grandma, I was raised by our maternal grandmother and whatnot. And then I didn't start living with my dad until I was about fourteen, fifteen years old. Oh wow. Uh so we didn't grow up in a very standard like household and whatnot. We both turned out all right, I think. But, you know, it's it's a lot of fun to, like you said, to hear those other perspectives and to get those perspectives from other dads. Uh, that's actually inspired like a ton of my writing over the last, I don't know, I would say three, three months or so, like putting together, I have this thing on my website, it's called The Well-Balanced Dad Diet. You know, that was truly inspired by just like talking to a lot of the people that I had had on up to that point and then just adding to it and writing it i mean that's like twenty thousand words of just like advice and different perspective and things i've gotten from talking to other other people and it's, it's so much fun to to share those journeys and then listen to those journeys because you you learn something every single time from someone because they yeah. have some kind of perspective as to what they did and how they did it and especially for those A-list dads, you know, those professional athletes that raise their kids going traveling on the road, stadiums, professional sports. Like I couldn't imagine like those kids love it. Cause they're just traveling, having fun, but <laughs> man, the stress that that must bring, like just being away for long periods of time, especially these minor league baseball guys, like these guys are gone for weeks at a time. Yeah. Like granted they're within like so many hours, like six, seven hours, but they're gone for weeks at a time from their kids. And they're just hustling, getting by and scraping by and stuff like that. So it's – I can't imagine. So,
1: I know that you – before we started recording, we were talking about like, you know, I'm a Red Sox fan, you're a Mariners fan. So I'm I'm guessing you probably didn't watch it. But last night the um, ESPN broadcast of the uh, Yankees-Red Sox game, the second game – it had because they like they went into and I appreciate like the fatherhood themes. They had, um, you know, different players talk about their dads. They were sharing different stories and all that. And you you yeah, you get that grind. It was like, you know, one of the guys from the Red Sox was being interviewed and they were like, What you do? He's like, Well, we're gonna be on a ten game road trip. So he's like, My my you know, my kids let me sleep in, they brought me breakfast in bed, which is great. Then we hung out and then like, you know, then we had to go to the ballpark for a doubleheader. But it was just it was really cool to see like that perspective and the, in the idea that, you know, they're balancing work and, and family in, in their own unique way. And and I get like a lot of the times where they're like, you know, they'll say to me, a lot of the dads, if they're like, have a, a career that kind of is like very time fulfilling, they're like, gotta give a credit to my wife, <laughs> you know? And then like, after yes. a while, once I retired, I was like, all right, now I'm going to be doing a lot more than I possibly can. So it's like making up for lost time, you know?
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I think you see that a lot with a guy like Tom Brady who recent recently retired, like everything he posts like which since his retirement has his kids in the background, like granted, yeah. yes, he had the publicized divorce and things like that and whatnot, but all you see is everything he posts, like his kids are there with him doing every single thing, and it's like that's so cool, like he's doing exactly what he said he's gonna do, yep, like yeah, he went through a messy divorce, but he has his priorities like yes he's having fun out on boats and throwing like hanging out with mr
1: beast and stuff but (laughs) you know his kids are so excited for that right like that's some big dad, like street cred for like i mean yeah they like everyone's like oh you must be like so happy your dad's tom brady they see him 24 7 so that i mean yeah it's cool and the stuff that he does but like when they when he takes him on a boat on a yacht with mr beast it's like are you kidding me right now right (laughs) it's
0: like this is my dad's really Tom Brady. Like it hits, it hits those kids a little different and stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's, no it's super cool. Like for my kids, it's like, oh, my dad's friend with Eric the Peanut guy. <laughs> like, because Eric the Peanut guy's a big deal around here. Yeah, that's like Eric. Eric and I just talk and we we have conversations, you know, away from the ballpark, at the ballpark, hang out, we sit together, things like that. Super fun, super great guy. But it's like. To my girls, it's like, oh, my dad's friends—they're peanut guy. Like, that's really cool,
1: yeah. kind of
0: thing. So, but no, I think it's super cool when those athletes are just out there living life and killing it. But for you, who have been some of your favorite people that you've talked to throughout your list, throughout throughout the time that have shared like the most interesting perspective or different perspectives, or just weren't at all what you may have expected them to be at face value.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Great question. So obviously, if you know, I know you can see my background, I'm a big Star Wars geek. So anytime I interviewed anybody in the Star Wars world, like Mark Hamill, T Bradley Baker, um, anybody in, in, in that realm, man, it makes me super happy. <laughs> but um, one of the biggest takeaways that uh, Mark Hamill did say is like, one of the things that he cherishes as a dad is that his kids still want to talk with him and be, um, you know, in his life and all that. So that's cool. But then uh, Jeff Foxworthy, again, he kind of surprised me, where he grew up with not a great dad, and when he was trying to, you know, make his own career as a stand-up, he'd take a red eye after he was in the town somewhere, come home, and so make sure that he was taking his daughters and his uh, his um, nieces and nephews because they lived like right near each other, where uh, his brother and him, so they'd take him to school. So like to me, like that was the biggest thing. And Foxworthy said like, you should listen to your kids. He's like, make sure you listen to your kids as much as you want them to listen to you. And I think communication is one of the biggest things that we as parents need to do, not just talking, but also listening to where they're at. Like th- the idea of something that a 10 year old or a 14 year old or a 16 year old might be going through, we could easily be like, oh, don't worry in a few years, that won't really matter. But well, that's a gr- not really the great response because right now and there, that is whatever's happening in their life. That's huge in their world. And I know sometimes people say, like, oh, teenagers and all their, you know, they're selfish and the world revolves around them. It's like, well, we were teenagers too. We felt that. We were, we experienced that. But if you just go into those stereotypes, then all of a sudden you're almost like nurturing that negative stereotype. So the idea of just like listening to them and actually taking what they're going through, not like, you know, with a quick, like, oh, don't worry about it or, you know, rub some dirt on it, but seeing how it's affecting them and maybe you can give them some advice that you've experienced if you experienced something similar, but I would say Foxbridge and Hamill were one. Um, you know, we're talking about sports and athletes. Like when I talk to a NASCAR driver, it's really cool because I was actually uh, crown Royal I worked with them for a few things over the years and they would take me to NASCAR events. And before that, no desire, no care about NASCAR. But once you actually, again, learn and take the time to understand things like I have appreciation for NASCAR and just from soup to nuts, how everything works and how like, here's a dad joke. Everything has got to be finely tuned to like make sure everything goes off without a hitch. But family is huge. Like they have their trailers and they have their big, you know um, you know, trucks with them and all that and their buses and families will go with them. If depending on, you know, sometimes people are getting homeschooled or sometimes during the summer, they'll like travel with them if they're off for the summer. But like, I love seeing that dynamic where I don't know if you've ever been to a NASCAR event, but like, it's intense, but then also too, that the, the idea that family is, is really a huge factor in not just the drivers, but the pit crew and all that other stuff where it's like, if people can swing it and people can, you know, bring their family from time to time um, they, they really enjoy it. So that's, that was one of the things where I appreciated NASCAR for what they're doing to make sure family was involved when they could be. No,
0: that's super cool. I guess you just, I was like, normally you just don't think about those things, you know, unless you're like there and you're looking at it. And NASCAR, I've never been to one, but I've started to gain an appreciation just kind of like learning about them and seeing them on like as athletes because like they they are athletes. Like they have to have a crazy amount of arm strength to steer a car at to however fast they're going at hundreds of miles an hour around these turns consistently maintain control of that car keep their heart rate keep their breathing you know their bodies and everything just in shape to do all that stuff like it's it's insane um guys are
1: like they need to like their seats just like you know they're looking for every way to make that car as fast as possibly they can right uh-huh. we talk about shape obviously they lose a lot of pounds when they're driving but they have to like their seats are molded to their body like you have to stay in a certain shape to make sure. Like, obviously, if you go under, if you lose weight, cool. But you got like you can't gain too much weight because then that seat, then they'll have to like bring that seat out and bring another one. And granted, they can do that. But that was one of the things where I felt like I thought I was like, whoa, like you got to make sure like you're not eating like you know fast food twenty four seven because your drivers, oh, yeah. your 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 stock, your you know your manager and all that other stuff are gonna be like your you know pick you like uh, lay off the fries, man. <laughs> right.
0: Right, and those pit crews like are such a good example of like family and like communication because they all have to be on the same page 100 percent of the time. If one person messes up, they just lost a lap or however yeah. much, and now their guy's behind and because someone didn't do their job, someone didn't do their part. And it's watching those pit crews work like in slow motion, like because they put slow motion videos out of just them doing their thing and like breaking it down, and it's like they're so efficient. Like they're so ready. Like it's an art, it's art. Like yeah. it's, it's really cool to watch, but NASCAR, and some is of them, some of those
1: guys th- in the pit crew, especially with tires and gas and all that stuff are like ex, uh college uh, linemen, mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty cool. Like, cause it, like one of the events, like they let us do not on a NASCAR track, but like a uh, pit crew training thing somewhere in Charlotte. Um, we did, like, you know, we had to run around, change the tires, do all of this stuff. We <laughs> like, were, like, the first time, we were, like, idiots. And then after a while, we got, like, more used to it. Like, all right, you do this, you do this. Like, all right, we had a game plan and it got a lot better. Nowhere near where we were, like, brick crew ready. But it was just something where, like, you could see the, like, you just talked about being on the same page. Like, the, the from the first time to, like, the last time we did it, it was, like like, I don't know, like five, six, seven minutes was changed off from like our time. So (laughs) yeah, communication, no matter what industry is, is huge. So that's awesome, man.
0: Yeah, no, I I love it. So where was I going with that? I had a reason I was going with that, but. Sorry. I lost it. You're good. You're good. (laughs) But where was I going with it? Anyways, for you kind of going from where you were working into being a stay-at-home dad to now your daughters are a little bit older. assume they're, what, teenagers now, right? Yeah. So how how is that kind of transition like throughout, throughout your life? You know, being there for your family, going from working to stay-at-home dad, and when you became a stay-at-home dad, it wasn't as normal – not as normalized or being as normalized as it is today. So, yep. Kind of, how did that go among like your social circles? To where it's like, oh yeah, I'm a stay at home dad, uh, <laughs> kind of thing. You you know, you know exactly yep. what I'm talking about. Yep, it's like oh, 100%. 100%. I'm a writer for uh, Bleacher Report. And I'm, I'm a at home dad, <clears throat> <laughs> kind of thing. You know,
1: <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, I I feel like you you you've totally been there. Like, and even today, like I think because of the circles we run in, right, Jay? Where it's like, all right, it's it's more normalized. But if if you look on a larger scale, it's still not as what we think it is. <laughs> it's, it's always like, if you go to somewhere new, like a party, or you go to like an event, like a sporting event, or you're talking with other parents, like, oh, what do you do? What do you do? And you try and explain, and they're like, they, it's not like they give you a side eye, but they kind of like, oh, so you really don't do anything, right? <laughs> so exactly. Like, like what and. I really, I, you know, I just say like, oh, you know, I work from home and like, what do you do? And I try and explain a couple of things. But when I first became a stay-at-home dad and I wasn't doing anything like this, what I'm doing now, like you go to a park and even though you're bringing kids, you had side eye from the moms and being like, oh, and be like, like, you know, if they're kids, they're like, oh, Timmy, come over here. We're going to go to lunch now. But she's like, I'm not hungry yet. And it's like 1030. It's like. All right. Like you almost had, like, do I have a scarlet letter on my chest right now because I'm the, mm-hmm. the only dad? And um, there, but I will say, like, there were a couple of, like, and my daughter's preschool in New Jersey at the time we were living, like, there was like a handful of moms that like brought me into their circle and they were totally cool. They were like, you know, you know, what are your kids. Are you married? And all this other stuff. I'm like, yep. And I, I think like once they like, again, knew me, they're like, I they understand like who I am and all this stuff. Like, mm-hmm. all right, cool. Um, and like, even like in different, like, uh, like, you know, if you take your kids to like a bookstore and they'll have like a, you know, a reading hour or something like that, there were a few people that would be like, oh, it's good to see you art and all that other stuff. So they would include me. So there were certain times where if I was going to a grocery store, to do food shopping, the, like the woman behind the deli counter. And I wrote, I've written about this, but, like, oh, you're letting your wife uh, off today and you're taking the kids today. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, if you only knew that this is my <laughs> normal
0: thing. Oh my goodness. I... <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna just pause you right there because yeah. the last three times I've gone to the store. The last three freaking times I have gone to the store. I got it once from a <laughs> random dude that said, Oh, looks like you got your hands full there. I wanna punch this dude in the face. And then the other time I was like the checkout lady, she said something along those lines. And then like the last time I went, I got another comment and like you can tell when it's like positive it's like hey look at you like you know respect kind of thing to versus where it's like condescending and patronizing yep like, you right now <laughs> um like come on but no I, I agree like there are like different social circles that will accept you like once they know you and stuff and yeah. Um, once they get to know you and things like that, I think it's funny that you mentioned preschool, um, because that's kind of where, where it starts, you know. Like, my daughter's preschool, yeah, had a lot of things in motion, like positive things in motion. Like, I don't think I've mentioned this on the podcast until now, but my daughter's preschool teacher that she had a couple of years ago is my now girlfriend. Um, uh, oh, okay, great things come from preschools, um. Uh, <laughs> Great things come from preschools but no it's you definitely have to find your circles at these different social places because like my daughter has a few friends um, from she was just finished kindergarten but has a few friends who's like I've been able to get to know her their parents and been accepted into like those circles as like the single parent that's kind of like just kind of there and things like that so it's been really fun to to get involved in those different circles and get to know people differently and socially and it's definitely new to me because I'm not I'm great at doing this like podcasting hosting talking to talking to new people things like that it's no problem but when I actually have to like get to know like my daughter's friends and like I'm kind of forced into the situation to get to know them and hang out with them different story
1: <laughs> yeah but I will say, though, it is a good thing. This is this is like a great tip. Like you want to know, like not with all of your friends, yeah, you know, all of your kids friends, but like with the ones that they hang out with a lot. Like my wife and I are, are, are we like the fact that we get to know those parents because we kind of see if they're in the same type of like parenting, uh, you know, in the they have the same parenting ideas or something like that. Like, I'm not saying everyone has to be exactly like us, mm-hmm. but if you're in the realm, like if you have a Venn diagram and like, you're like connected somehow, like I'm totally cool with that, but it's also a great way to see like what that environment is. Cause as they get older and it's like, you know, when they become teenagers, they're going to be doing things that you're not going to meet the parents right away or, you know, do, do certain things. But once you want to get to know those certain parents that they're hanging out with, just to make sure that everything is cool, and you're like, all right, cool. This is a fun environment and a safe environment. Again, maybe that sounds overprotective, but you can never, especially these days, you can never be too cautious. True. So, True. as much as it might be painful to like talk to them, find something that you guys are sim- like you have similarities yeah. in, and kind of go from there. And hopefully, like, because I think it's much easier when you're hanging out with friends. Uh, there, like, you kind of build relationships with your kids' friends, and like they become friends like stronger and stronger over the years. And you can hang out with them. So it's like, hey, let's all meet at the park or let's go to a movie together or a minor, minor league baseball game, right? And it just yeah. makes things a lot easier because everybody's on the same page.
0: 100%. No, my daughter definitely has a couple of friends like that, like ones that were used to be our neighbors in the apartments we live in. um Now I'm just, I'm friends with her parents, with those nice. girls' parents, and just text and talk. And we're just <laughs> friends and whatnot. And like texting, like, hey, My kid asked about your kids, like, what are you guys doing kind of thing? And she also co-parents with her ex-husband and stuff. So it's like trying to get on the same schedule doesn't always work out. It's like, oh, I guess we'll just hang out. Uh, I'll come hang out with you guys and we'll kick it. Or she has another friend that's a grade older than her, but they're best buds. And we all all go to the same gym and stuff. So it's like I see them. Nice. They do karate together at the gym. It's like I see her parents a lot, this other kid's parents a lot and yeah. birthday parties were invited to and stuff. So that was really easy connection, super fun, super easy. But um, one thing I, I didn't hit on that you mentioned is how listening is so important as a parent. You you mentioned that, you hit on that earlier and I wanted to kind of bring us back to that. Um, in a lot of work that I do now, I work in mental health and mm. it's super important to, to listen to, clients and patients and youth and families and just really listen uh, and I see it all the time when working with families with children or youth or whatever you want to call them young people there's so many terms but parents so often either have or caregivers have way too high expectations for five six seven year olds or no expectations or they think they're not doing as good of a job as they think they are or, you know, they're just they're just not listening. Like they just miss like the point. Like your kid just wants support. Your kid just wants to be loved. Your kid's excuse me, been through something or they're experiencing something like we miss Like I feel like we miss it as parents. Like We have blinders on like we want them to do well. They have to do well. They have to be better. They have to get better. They have to succeed in their treatment. They have to succeed in their recovery. They have to get through this trauma or whatever it is. And it kind of drives me crazy because it's like, we don't, like, you're not giving your kid a chance. Like your expectations are way up here. They are way down here. They might get to here and that's it. Maybe they're not going to get to here. Like yeah. We have to lower our expectations and we have to go to where our kid's at. I feel like that's so hard to explain to some, like, cause it's not always parents that are the ones I'm working with. It's aunts, and uncles, it's grandmas, it's grandpas, it's, someone else other than a parent sometimes not all the time but it's like you have to bring your expectations way down like per kid your expectations are going to be different you got to bring those expectations way down we have to meet our kids where they're at and I feel like that's missed but that's where listening comes in like you mentioned you have to listen and kind of wait and see and feel them out before kind of expecting too much I don't know what are your your thoughts on this too to kind of play into that a little bit more because I feel like that listening is so important
1: yeah no doubt and I gotta say like kudos to you man for the work you're doing in in the mental health uh, field because I think again that's something where it's like oh yeah more people are talking about it but like are we like are are we doing stuff and the different you know dad circles that I've that I'm in like a few of them like some of the dads committed suicide and everyone's like well we kind of saw this coming and i'm like as much as yeah you can say that but it's like i'm not saying you have to say you can't save everybody this isn't this isn't a hollywood ending or a hollywood movie right but like you want to make sure that we're doing as much as we possibly can for your circle and you know you mentioned you know maybe not just parents but aunts uncles or you know grandparents or caregivers are you know their expectations are too high maybe some of those expectations are like if they were, you know, given custody because of a a parent's passing or parent can't do it, or whatever, right. Whatever the things are, maybe the, the, the caregivers, like expectations, like I have to do this. And like, all of a sudden they're like raising, not just their game, but the kids that they're watching, the the kids that they're in their custody. It's like, we need to be like the best of the best and the best, because I need to show, I need to prove like this, this is why I'm taking care of them. Right. So there's probably a lot of stories there, but I think, I think the idea of, of, of listening and making sure you let your, like you said, your kid wants to be, know that they're loved. And that, and that's the thing, man. Like you want to make sure that they are loved. And and part of that is making sure that you're listening to them and understanding. Like I'm, I'm very fortunate. to have two daughters and my wife, like just, we all talk like at the dinner table, there's no tablets, there's no phones, there's nothing And we just talk about our day, and they're not just like yes or no questions. We talk about, and it's not just my wife and I leading the questions; it's my daughters leading, you know, the questions. And we'll be open and honest with everything. Maybe I think I, maybe my thing is I'm a little bit too open and honest sometimes with certain (laughs) things, Um, just because my wife and I'll be like, hey, maybe like we shouldn't say everything that they're, you know. I'm like, I get it, but like I, I, I think nowadays, like each parent, each generation deals with certain things, but man, like one of our kids, like our youngest doesn't have a phone yet. She's going to be getting one soon for her birthday. But like, they're not on social media. And they're like, and my my oldest finally realized, she's like, thanks. I see a lot of my friends on social media. And it's not just FOMO, but mental health comes from seeing what other people are doing and judging what other people are saying. And then mm-hmm. if someone comments on your post, and they're halfway around the world, and you're like, I don't even know this person, but this person's making me sad. <laughs> it's like, we yeah. have like kids have enough to deal with finding themselves that they need uh the you know the the comments to open up a thousand percent more just because it's like i'm i'm mr angry you know key, keyboard gangster guy and i don't even know who this person is but i'm gonna comment that they suck or whatever right so yeah i just I, I think that the fact that we need to be there for them and understand like what they're doing and we also have to realize that each if you have if you're in a family and you have multiple kids every kid reacts and interprets the world differently and you need to make sure that you're catering towards that their style of of who they are right like one person direct conversation can sit down my other daughter doesn't want to sit down like if she wants to talk we go for a walk and it's just kind of like talking and walking and it kind of makes her feel more uh open to talking and having these conversations Mm -hmm. and you learn that through they're you know they're the way that they communicate to you or their their body language if they're kind of like i don't know like you can tell someone really someone like we all know like if you're in a you know relationship with you know a significant other and you're just kind of like like we're hanging out like we have to do these plans or something like that so you kind of take that on with your kids and it's like Mm -hmm. all right they're not happy in this environment or they're not happy with the way we're talking it's like all right what do you want to talk about we can talk about something totally different than your math test like what have you been listening to like what do you you know whatever right like Mm -hmm. On my website my kids and i will write uh articles together we'll do like pop culture reviews and stuff like that and it's just mm. they're teaching me about stuff i'm teaching them about stuff and uh we love the marvel movies like comic book movies star wars movies we you know we geek out over certain things and then they show me certain things like they're trying to get me to play uh breath of the um tears of the kingdom i have i played breath of wild i haven't played tears of the kingdom yet because it's it's all on them right now they're playing and that's yeah. like run your business making sure the family's saying like I'll get there in a second. Like I have video games I would love to play with. I love video games. And I'm like, uh, take care of the garden or like take care of or play video games. I should probably do well, something can, that's more constructive, right? <laughs>
0: yeah. No, 100%. So
1: I know I kind of went off of a tangent, but I think just listening is huge. And just finding each of your child's way that they communicate the best. It, it can even be a car ride. Like I was taking my oldest to – um, driving school, uh, driver's education last week. And it was a month, like it stunk that like driving, it was kind of out of our way, but like the conversations when she was in the car were great. We were talking about a whole other things and we were making, you know, laughing and doing some other things. So it was just, it was a great time. And even though it was like a pain in my butt, (laughs) like driving like an hour each way, like, no, like, like maybe like two hours, like total the whole time uh, each day that week. But like, I, Certain things I was taking for granted, but towards the end of the week, I was like, a lot of great conversations came out of that. So listening and understanding what they're meaning, what they're saying, something because I I think no matter what type of relationship you're in, you gotta read between the lines, almost. You know.
0: Hmm. No, I agree. And you know, you started off there just talking about like how in our our dad casting like circles and whatnot, they are super supportive. They are you know very similar and very similar like ideas we're all kind of working for the same goal just on different paths to get there um but you mentioned suicide it's like oh yeah I saw that coming and it's like well why didn't none of us did anything like none of us did anything we all saw it and the kind of the irony behind that it's not ironic but there's some irony there is that 90 plus percent of people think suicide can be prevented it's like a statistic from the American for suicide prevention, the AFSP and men's suicide. is crazy. It's a four to one ratio. You get up into men that are 40, 50 Caucasian. It's, it's some of the highest in the world in our country for, men, for Caucasian men that are in their, you know, forties and fifties. Um, and then if you get into older adults, sixties, 70, goes even higher it goes higher and higher and higher um we're not in a place like some other countries like South Korea like their men to women ratio is like 100 to 1 some third world countries is over 100 to 1 like men to women and it's it's concerning especially when you hear someone say like Oh, yeah, I kind of saw that coming, and oh, I'm not surprised, or it's like it's sad because, like, oh, yeah, we're not surprised, like of course, it's gonna be a man, and you know it kind of happens, and things like that, but it's like what what are we really doing about this conversation? You know it's like we we can talk about it on all our different platforms and we can bring as much awareness as we can to it, but you know what's really what's really coming on the back end of this, you know. Are we what are we doing as individuals like Brock from um um home dad chat podcast yeah. I had on a couple of weeks ago, you know, started dad group a dad group in Cincy and Cincinnati. You know, they have the home dad con that's coming up here in the next um few months and things like that. It's like that's the kind of work we got we we all gotta to try to do on the side and out there in our own communities because it's about building that community and kind of bringing people together, um, to, to give them that support. Cause you know, if I'm, if I'm having those thoughts and those feelings, but then I'm part of a dad group and I'm getting that support and that's helping me like that's huge. But if there's no resources or I'm not finding any resources or anything like that, and when I'm looking and searching, like, it's going to be hard. Like, yes, I can listen to podcasts all day, but there's something about being physically there with other people. That's just does something to the brain. That's good for the brain. Um, and then on kind of going from there, you know, you mentioned kind of, you got to learn how your kids communicate. And that's kind of where the whole love languages things come in. You have to learn how your kids get, give and receive love because it's going to be different than yours. You know, yeah, it's going to be different. I'm lucky so far that my, my little girls, they, very similar love languages to myself. So it's been very easy, Nice, um, but it's like learning and like my new relationship with my girlfriend. It's like, we're not the same in all these ways. You know, we're very similar. It's very close, but it's also kind of different at the same time, which is a good thing. Yeah. Um, you know, cause it's challenging, but it's different. Cause it's like how, and then, but then I also have to communicate my love language is her kind of thing. It's like, I think I told her like really early when we started dating, like, hey, you know, don't get me gifts. Like, you can if you want, that's fine. I'll accept it, I'll be happy. But really, inside what I'm feeling and being able to talk about the feeling, like, hey, that makes me feel really uncomfortable. Like, it makes me feel some kind of like different and stuff. It's like, that's on me to work through and like get over kind of thing. But like, yes. right now, like, I'm going to work on that. But I can't I can't do that so just learning those love languages you know and if you don't know them I think it's so important to to go on online and search the love language quiz and do it with with your kids each kid do it with your spouse because then they can change over time too yeah. they can change like if you haven't done it in a few years and you feel like you're not as connected to your to your partner to your spouse maybe do it and see oh okay that's why we haven't been spending a lot of quality time together and your top love language right now is quality time. And wow, look at that. Simple, simple, easy fix kind of thing. But, um, a lot of that comes down to just kind of, I feel like as dads, we have a very good gut instinct. We kind of know when something's off. We know when something's up with our kids or with our partner and kind of a sixth sense, if you will. So For you, Art, what do you do to help you kind of follow that feeling, follow your gut as a dad?
1: Yeah, man. I just got to say the love languages, the books, like one for like, you know, any relationship and then there's one for kids. And like you said, take a quiz online that's such a such a great way to like an activity to learn to better yourself and also better relationships with your family. So, and, 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 you know, like the relationships you care about and the fact you're talking about gift giving is, is like just something like my wife says, you're like, to me, she's like, you're a great gift giver. You listen, you pay attention to what people want. Like I'll say something in February. And then for my birthday in August, you're like, you were listening and I'm like, yeah, but like she hates gift giving. Cause she's like, I don't know <laughs> what to get you and all this other stuff. So I'm like, yeah, don't worry about it. like, I'm more about like whatever you, whatever you were looking to do, like three love languages is, is fantastic. So yeah. yeah. Um,
0: I think, I think yeah. what you mentioned there, like it's super important. Like yeah. if you in a relationship, I don't think at any point it's wrong, but we all have a notes app on our phone. <laughs> if Your partner says something like small, like this is my favorite flavor. This is what I'm really into right now write that down like I have a whole note in my phone about my girlfriend and I've literally updated it in front of her and I'm like okay cool that's, that's good to know it's like because I don't want to forget these things I mean I've had yep. five concussions so I'm gonna forget stuff I know fun oh my fact. God, okay. um but yeah I've never had second impact thankfully um good. yeah so we're good there but you know, it's like, write, write yourself but that, down. But
1: you're taking the time to write that note, because like you said, like you want to remember things, you've had con- concussions, so you're like, I don't want to forget that. Like, that there in itself is a great love language and a gift to her being like, I care about what you want. I care about the things that make you happy in life. And so that, to me, is just is, is another step, man. So I love it.
0: Yeah, no, and I care about what you say. I care about what you're saying. It's like, I haven't been great in the past. You know, there's a reason I got divorced. You know, it wasn't just one person more than the other. You know, everyone does things wrong in their situations. The relationships we learn and grow as people is something I want to be better at. So it's like, I'm going to commit to be better, better at it, you know?
1: Yeah. Something, something that uh, our pastor said last uh, yesterday, just talking about if someone says like, oh, Jay, I didn't know, like this, no, that doesn't sound like you, blah, blah, blah. And like, and the best way he's like his, one of his idols or favorite authors like, oh yeah, that was me. That was like five Jays ago. Yeah, that was me. Like, I've learned and grown like the idea, like, if you keep on doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, that's the definition of insanity, right? Like, True. that's the, the phrase out there that people have on shirts or bumper stickers or whatever the heck. But like, the idea of just you trying and be like, yeah, I'm trying to better myself. And I think that's, you know, you're kind of the question you said before we started going back about the love languages and communications and write notes down. But like, that's the thing where it's like, if you want to become a better dad, right. Or just a better person. It's like, you learn from certain things. Like I was having a conversation with my dad and he said something that was kind of like trying to make a joke, but then like, I, not in a bad way, but I was just like, Oh, I see where you're going with this. You're trying to like talk about such and such, but I'm like, well, I want to learn more about this because if we want to learn, if we want to get ahead and we want to better ourselves, you know, the idea of learning about other people and different cultures and what this day means we won't have to, like, hopefully we won't repeat history. Right. And he was Uh like, yeah, it's a good point. Right. So it's like the idea of like trying to better yourself, not just for your own self-improvement, but for the people around you and and, in your circles, right. That you care about. Cause I think that like, I think any, like nowadays people can kind of sniff out if someone's being fake or real. Right. Like Uh I always joke, it's funny. Like instead of keeping up with the Joneses, it's keeping up with the Instagram family where they'll take this beautiful picture Uh of Disney world. But like leading up to it, leading up to that picture and after that picture, everyone's having a nervous melt, like a, you know, um, a meltdown or someone's like ice cream's like fell on the ground and someone's crying and they're like, we really yeah. have to the sign. And it's like you captured that great beautiful moment in front of like, you know, Cinderella's castle. But like, how's the rest of your day going? Right. right? So the idea of like thinking that everyone has it better than you or whatever, is like it's not always going to be the case. And I, I think the idea of just making sure that your kids know that you care about them in the ways that they want to be cared for. Mm -hmm. Um, And that comes through learning and talking and communication, learning their love language. So you can, you can have all the best intentions like I'm going to do this today and that's going to make their day so happy, but it's like, they're not really into this game anymore. They're not really into this like comic book anymore. So did you listen to them when they were talking about like what they're into now? That's the mm-hmm. thing where it can't always just be like, I'm very routine oriented, right? Like Tuesday is yes. cleaning day, Friday is shopping day, whatever the, you know, mm-hmm, it's like, mm-hmm. I'm my OCD, like goes out of whack if I have to shop on a Sunday, but <laughs> oh, it drives me crazy like, when
0: you do it on a different, when I have to do something on a different day than what I'm used to, it's like, this is my normal day to do this. Or like, you know, I feel like as fathers, we're creatures of habit, yep. you know, we get used to just one thing and that's just how men's brains work. Yep. You know, it's just how our brains work you know.
1: It's like Sheldon. It's like today's comic book day or today is Chinese food day, right? It's like, uh-huh. I see more and more. I'm like, ah, oh, Sheldon was right about that. But no, I'm just so yeah, I mean, just kind of going back to fin- answering and finish answering the question. It's just like, make sure you you're paying attention to the cues that your kids are leaving you. And that comes through like actually listening. So
0: mm-hmm. I feel like along with that, like along with listening and, you know, being able to follow your dad gut and stuff like that, it's just about being present. You know, when you're when you're spending time with them, I think this is a good, uh, you know, kind of final talking point here. Just like being present solves probably, I would say, at least 60 percent of any disconnect you might have with your kids or with your, your partner or your spouse or whatever you want to call that person. you know, uh, having that being present with with them like putting the phone down going out and doing something whether it's for a drive going for a walk taking the dogs out or you know like this week since I don't have my kids in the afternoons and even my girlfriend and I we're gonna go on walk we're gonna go down to the river and just like walk and hang out and stuff you know yeah and like we're figuring things out like with the kids and you know, mixing and matching all that. But it's like this week, you know, I know I I don't have the kids and I know I have more time to give her. So it's like, we're going to go down to the river because we live right off the Columbia River here in the Tri-City. So um, we're going to go for walks and we're going to hang out and we're going to talk and just enjoy like the sunset, things like that. Yeah. Um, But, you know, am I going to have my phone in my pocket? Yeah. But where is it going to stay? In my pocket. Yeah. You know? so it's a well, my, kid, my
1: kids will call me out on that man like i i you know I'll, I'll preach like oh you know put your phone down like i said we at the dinner table and all of this stuff or if you even go out to eat we're like we're spending this money we should all hang out and have a meal together we're not just going to be on like, a device or whatever yeah. right but my kids would be like dad uh she's like your generation all always in your phones i was like thanks
0: uh-huh. <laughs> so it's like, it's, yeah <laughs> No, I love that. Because I'll be
1: checking an email, I'll be checking something to make sure, like you know, we're on on time or whatever. And she's like, "You and your generation, all on your phones, Dad." I was like, "Mm, "All right, oh my god." Like we're very sarcastic in like a loving way, and it sounds like a but like it's it's like and I think in encouraging your kid's sense of humor, like you want them to be book smart, but you also want them to be street smart. And I think Mm -hmm. having them have a good sense of humor doesn't have to be exact same humor as yourself, or they don't have to have the exact like. My one of my daughters has like an outgoing, like funny, haha, like personality and like sense of humor. My other one's got like a dry sense of humor. Like she said <laughs> something during church, and it just like I had to like bite my lip because I'd be like laughing out loud. And I'm just like, I can't do this. But making sure that you, you encourage your kids in a healthy form of like a sense of humor, I think will make them stronger people, but also be able to laugh through the hard times as well. Yeah,
0: 100%. One hundred percent I think that's that's so important like you have to encourage your kids to be funny and to to be book smart and street smart and whatnot and I think kind of what you hit on there it's like you know we're paying for this like let's get the most out of it because let's get the most out of this experience, and that's kind of like where I'm kind of struggling with like my my older daughter, my older one she's almost six um here in a couple of weeks, but you know where she she likes to have multiple forms of like stimulation at one time. Where it's like she wants to be drawing and watching TV. Or she wants to have like a book in her hands, but not reading the book, but watching TV or playing on her switch, but like doing just multiple things at the same time. And it's like, let's just pick one. Let's just focus on one. Just one. That's all I'm asking. You can still have something. Like whether you're playing your Donkey she loves Donkey Kong right now. Like she's obsessed with playing Donkey Kong on her switch that's awesome. um that's so what she loves because there's no reading involved I, yeah. I haven't let her play video games with reading yet because she just finished kindergarten she's really looking forward to being able to play pokemon on her switch um nice we're big pokemon nerds over here um that's but you awesome. know it's see, like, that's
1: a great way to bond over it. it's like you know like the, what you oh, i love that that's yeah great. no
0: we've, we've always bonded over pokemon like she has a bunch of pokemon plushes like a pikachu tattoo on my where is it it's on this side of my forearm Oh, nice! So I have that one and whatnot. So that's for my older daughter. I'm waiting for my younger daughter to decide what her favorite one is, and then I'll get her back to back with this other one. Nice,
1: uh, that's awesome.
0: So, but it's just, it's all about finding those different things and different ways you can bond with your kid. But um, be you got to be present. You got to listen. Just be there. Be there for your family, but also be be there with your family.
1: Hundred percent. 100% right
0: there. But I wanted to show you one thing here that you'll probably enjoy. So this is from 2000, I don't even know, 16, 17 maybe. So between the Mariners had Nelson Cruz, James Paxton, so and Robinson Cano, all on the team. Oh, so, nice. And Kyle Seeger. So this bobblehead right here. Oh, nice.
1: <laughs> That's yeah. awesome.
0: And so it's like a, it's a Han for if you guys aren't watching on YouTube, it's a Kyle Seeger, Star Wars bobblehead. Uh, that's
1: amazing.
0: Forward Mariner's well third baseman. And this guy, I would love to talk to him. Cause he like he was always like such a dad, like on and off the field, like with his kids. Like I'm pretty sure that's what he said when he retired. When he's like, I'm I'm done, I'm not coming back, like I'm I'm done, done. Granted, his play kind of fell off too. I'm pretty sure there was an elbow injury um but he was like one year off from like being able to like the shift was the shift restrictions were coming off and like he was was looking still healthy but his elbow was kind of falling off and things like that but you know he always talked about like especially toward the end of his career like it's like oh yeah I'm just gonna go and be a dad like there's always so much love from that dude for his family uh um, yeah and like the Seegers in general like Kyle and Corey like when they had their all-star jerseys or like their nickname jerseys, like Kyle's brother, Corey's brother kind of thing. And there's just like so much family love. And I love Kyle Seeger. think he's such a good dude. Like he was asked if he was coming out of retirement to go and play with his brother in Texas. He's like, no, nah, I'm good. He's like, I'm having yeah. fun being a dad kind of thing. And it's just, it's like, good for you, dude. Like just an awesome dude. But Art, you know, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I can't believe it's already been an hour almost. Um it's that's my favorite part about this thing is like you just get talking just like all these different topics and things like that it's super fun but it's been super fun art tell all the people where they can find you I'll link it in the in the notes but tell them where they can keep up with you
1: Yeah thanks again for having me on your show keep up the great work and I hope people pick up your book um because I think you know the baseball game with dad it's you can get it on Amazon all that good stuff but like just Again, like you have, you want to have these books. That, like I think reading to your kids is awesome. And that's a great book But you know, kids are at the reading level. So, uh, congrats on like your podcast and the stuff that you're doing and, and, you know, making sure you're being there for your kids, but people can follow me on art of Um, then I'll, they'll have links to like my Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, all that good stuff. You can see like my podcast, you know, art of just Google art of fatherhood and I'll be there. But, um, really appreciate the time and, uh, again, keep up, you guys keep up the great work with what you're doing. You and AA a. Ron. <laughs> yes, <love> sir.
0: <laughs> yes, sir. And then, uh, we have a common partner now just while we're, while we're plugging here, um, forefathers clothing, nice. they're sponsored yeah. your podcast and we're affiliated with them now too. Nice. Incredible. Um, love Nick is doing over great
1: work over there, man. I'm Nick's, glad, I'm glad you're doing such stuff a with good
0: them. dude. Such a good dude. Um. Uh, yeah, make sure you check them out too. Um Art and I both have ways that you can support both of us. Um buy two polos and you can support both of us, one of the, each of us. So um anyways, are any any final parting words for the people?
1: Nah, just like you said, like this whole like this whole conversation was just being there for your kids in any shape, matter, or form, whether it's listening or being present. Um and yeah, just you know, find your circle of of people you trust, of like, you know, getting dad advice and like, you know, we are talking about like different dad groups out there. There's a lot of great ones out there. And just I think everybody wants to feel connected some way or somehow. And podcasts are a great way to feel that way. But if you want to do in person, just look for look for people that, you know, you'd want to run with in those circles that kind of share your parenting style. So, yeah, just be there and don't be afraid to like reach out to someone and like, you know, it's like, Oh, that dad's wearing a He-Man shirt. I'm a He-Man fan. Like, and just be like, Hey man, nice shirt. And just kind of go from there and see where you're going there. Cause you need your own personal time as well as your, you know, being there as a dad and being there as a significant other and all of this stuff. But yeah. um, Just make sure you're there for everyone, including yourself is, is I think me for the bottom line. 100%. I
0: love that. Well, Art, thank you again for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, you know, I look forward to new episodes of your show every week. Whenever they come out, I look forward to them. You have some great conversations over there, so please, guys, Thanks. make sure you go and listen to The Art of Fatherhood. It's a great podcast. Like I said, it's definitely in my top three of DadCasts, so great show, great stuff, art Thanks for coming on again. It's been a great time.
1: Thank you, man. Really enjoyed it, and keep up the great work, man.
0: Audience Thank you, guys. <laughs> Have you been wanting to celebrate the do it all dad in your life, but you just don't know how? You just want him to look good, you want him to feel good, and you're just not sure how to do it. You want me to be quiet? I can't be quiet about this. Four fathers set out to create dad clothing that is above and beyond so that it could keep up with dads who go above and beyond. Our team of dad designers set out to build performance clothing because there wasn't an existing line that represented dads. I wasn't part of that team, but I am a part of that team in a backwards kind of way. I'll tell you in just a second. In order to fit the dad lifestyle, forefathers took their favorite dadisms and printed them on the best performing materials and to fit that delectable dad bod that we have. Forefathers clothing, absolutely amazing. Love the polos. Love the stuff. It's Good, good stuff. Head over to for- Shop, shopforefathers.com dot com buy yourself buy a dad that you love kids polos hats socks some stuff coming soon head over there and get yourself a everything get yourself polos get your kids polos all the good stuff they have some incredible designs coming out the dog dad batter up the mo glow squeaky clean the gambler and some that are not named yet Pretty cool, pretty awesome. Very excited to be working with them now. Use our code Young Dad at checkout to save. What is it? Ten percent? Maybe fifteen percent? I'm not sure. But you're gonna save some money when you use our code over there, and you're gonna be supporting two great platforms, ours and the Forefathers brand itself. So head over there, get yourself, get your dad, some amazing clothing.